Hi everyone, this is Carmen and Christina, and this is Historias Unknown, a podcast where we talk about Latin American history. Sometimes it's horrible and deals with heavy topics like racism, corruption, and genocide. But more than that, it's also about resistance, power, and community. And Christina, mm-hmm. you're a Mana fan like me. <laughs> I love Mana, yes. Well, I was recently at their concert. It was amazing. <laughs> I bet. It's always a fun time seeing them. Yeah. They sing Cuando Los Angeles Lloran. I know the song. I've heard that song before. It's not my favorite Mana song. Um, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but <laughs> it's because last time we talked about Mana, we talked about our favorite Mana songs. Last time we talked about Mana, when we were about to finish, you demanded on the spot to know what my favorite Mana song was. And I couldn't think of one. So you still don't have a favorite is what you're saying. I have too many favorites. I can't choose just one. I can't choose anything. <laughs> I have a favorite. I think I said it last time. My favorite is Me Vale. <laughs> I was going to say it's Me Vale. I know. Yeah, it's because I love like Relo Cuckoo, Mariposa Traicionera. Those are some of my favorites as well. Um, what's that one that starts like, and you can really like dance to it? Um, Oye Mi Amor. Yes. Um, oh my God. Like, I feel like you're the only one would have figured out. Because I, I know like because it's no like <laughs> <laughs> I think any yeah. real Mana fan would have guessed that, so don't worry. Please let us know if that was your guess too. <laughs> anyway, I was saying that it doesn't really matter that it's not my favorite Mana song. Mm-hmm. Well, it kind of matters because I never really paid attention to it <laughs> because it's not my favorite Mana song. So yeah. when they introduced the song, they mentioned that it was about Chico Mendez, an environmental activist who was murdered. And that was new to me because, again, I don't pay attention to that song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's really kind of dumb of me because the song opens <laughs> with the words, A Chico Mendez lo mataron. <laughs> Does it really? I have to say that I also have never really paid uh, yeah. attention to it. So the first words are, A Chico Mendez lo mataron era un defensor y un ángel de toda la Amazonia. Él murió a sangre fría. And then later on, Fed repeats his name, saying, Cuando el asesino huía, Chico Mendez se moría, la selva se ahogaba en llanto. So they say his name twice in the song. Yeah. Did you translate that for our non-Spanish speakers? <laughs> no, because I figured they didn't listen to Mana anyway, so whatever. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Okay, but it, it basically <laughs> says they killed Chico Mendez. Um, he was a defensor and an angel of the Amazon. He died cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the next part I said was when the murderer fled, Chico Mendez was dying and the rainforest uh, wept. Yeah. So, yeah, that was on me for never noticing the words. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> but that's what led me here. Um, okay. There's also other songs about Chico. Really? Including How Many People by Paul McCartney. Never heard of it. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never heard it. I have heard of him. him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then some Brazilian songs that I, you know, would have never learned about. Right. So the other songs, um, it's Chico's hometown in Brazil. It's spelled X-A-P-U-R-I. I'm assuming it's Sapuri or Chapuri. <laughs> I think it's Chapuri. Chapuri? Japuri, maybe? Like look S-H? at the Portuguese pronunciation has this... Interesting. So, like, Shapuri? 
Okay, it's it's like a sh sound. Oh, okay, so chapuri. You were right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, well, I said chapuri or saburi. <laughs> oh, I was right. So it was I in between. <laughs> yeah, no, I was right. No. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have to be right today. Oh, okay. <laughs> stop insisting on it. My bad. <laughs> so the one of the other songs is called Chapuri by Claire Fisher, and um, another song called Ambush by a Brazilian metal band called Sepultura. Mm, and that just cool yeah and there's also a 1994 movie about chico called the burning season so mm. clearly this is not an historia unknown just unknown to us and, uh, just unknown <laughs> to us yeah <laughs> again we're dumb yeah <laughs> i don't know how many times i'd repeat that a lot um <laughs> okay so chico mendez his legal name was francisco alves mendez filho um, he was born on December 15, 1944, in a rubber reserve located outside of Chapuri, Brazil. His dad, Francisco Mendez, was a second-generation rubber tapper, and his mom was Irase Mendez. I didn't find out any information about her. Okay. What is a rubber tapper? Oh, I'm going to get into that later. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I know, because I was writing it, and I'm like, wait, what is that? So I looked it up. Thank you. So he was one of 17 siblings. But only six survived childhood. Aww, That's what it was yeah. back then, you know? Yeah. Like, but wild. <laughs> wow. That means like she had like a kid every year <laughs> to your childbearing years, probably, you know? Power to her because that's rough. Rough. But, you know, it was a time with no birth control. <laughs> yeah. At least not accessible, especially to people living in the rainforest. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was hella rough out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> To say the least. Yeah. <laughs> the very least. Chico started working as a rubber tapper alongside his dad when he was nine years old so um rubber tappers lived in the amazon basin for many generations and they first came to the amazon in the 1870s they tap or collect the sap from rubber trees that grow in okay. the rainforest that makes sense mm-hmm. and then the sap is dried to make rubber products like erasers tires Mm-hmm. Rubber tappers were hired to work on rubber tree plantations in the rainforest, but when the price of rubber dropped, most of these plantations were abandoned. Yeah, I could see that. But some rubber tappers stayed behind and continued to make their living in the rainforest. In the 1960s, Brazil decide- decided that there were better ways to make use of the rainforest, and the government encouraged people to clear the forest for farms and ranches, and from that deforestation, Many rubber trees disappeared. This led to land use conflict between rubber tappers and newcomers like ranchers and people looking to profit from deforestation. And amidst all this lies Chico's story. Okay. Wow. What a way with words you have there. <laughs> um, so Chico learned to read when he was 18. He learned to read because he was looking for help to understand his bills. Many rubber tappers faced a severe lack of education because schools were often forbidden on and near plantations because the owners... Makes sense. It's not convenient oldest time, <laughs> Yeah. ...didn't want the workers to be able to read or do math. Of course. So a man named Euclides Fernando Tabora taught Chico how to read and write. And this man was an activist turned rubber tapper. Okay. Chico learned how to read mostly from newspaper clippings. Um, wow. about social and political issues within Brazil. And this opened oh my his gosh. eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so the minute he learned to read, he was like... Um, yeah. He uh, became an activist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, this opened his eyes to the injustices in Brazilian society and made him. And he, of course, he was uh, he worked as a rubber tapper, so he was already like exposed, exposed. to the injustices. Yeah. But um, this just made him like further dissatisfied yeah. with the treatment of the rubber tappers. So um, after learning how to read. Chico went on to educate his peers, and then they went on to form the Rural Workers Union and the more local Chapuri Rubber Tappers Union. Mm -hmm. And then both of these unions worked to stop uh, the logging and burning of the rainforest through peaceful protests. Mm, Wow, okay. So um, Chico and the Rubber Tapper Unions started asking the government to set up reserves so that they... Um, and their peers can continue to use the forest without damaging it through these reserves. And they also work to prevent the destruction of already existing reserves by blocking the way into the reserves so that, you know, they would block like the people coming to clear the forest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then they call this method empate. So um, along with helping create the rubber tapper unions, Chico also helped create the National Council of Rubber Tappers in the mid-1980s, which worked alongside the National Campaign for the Defense and Development of the Amazon, and then the Workers' Party um, that also helped defend the rainforest and workers' rights. And the union held their first meeting in 1985 in the capital of Brazil, which I didn't write the name down. Um, The capital of Brazil? Yeah. (laughs) I guess. I don't know if it was his town. Oh, I don't know what off the top of my head. Is it like Sao Paulo or something? Oh, it wasn't there then. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's It said the capital. And then I'm like, man, why don't, I don't know why I didn't write it down. It's one more word. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Capital <laughs> of Brazil. Oh, it's Brasilia. Oh, that's right. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm cutting that. <laughs> we didn't know geography. Uh, yeah. Much less the geography of Brazil. (laughs) Seriously. So they held the first meeting there. Um, Rubber tappers from all over the country attended the meeting. And there they talked about the threats to their livelihoods, uh, road paving, cattle ranching, and deforestation. And the meeting also caught the attention of the international environmentalist movements. And so this helped them gain larger attention and an alliance, you know, with the larger movement. The group also talked about and coined the concept of extractive reserves, which are like protected areas of the rainforest that would allow public land to be managed by local communities okay. with rights to harvest forest products. Um, and this was a way to protect the forest and the indigenous and traditional peoples that lived there and made their living from the forest. And so it's like a new concept completely that wild that it didn't exist. Chico and yeah, this group came up with, right? Wow so innovative or progressive so yeah essentially it was a sustainable way of harvesting rainforest resources mm-hmm. chico believed that relying solely on rubber tapping was not at the end sustainable for him and his fellow rubber tappers and that they needed to develop cooperative systems that used a variety of forest products so like harvesting nuts fruits and oil and that they needed to focus on building strong communities with quality education for their children So, like, that was the goal of these reserves. reserves. Mm -hmm. Um, In 1987, Chico won the United Nations Global 500 Award for his environmental work. Wow. Because earlier that year, with the help of the Environmental Defense Fund and the National Wildlife Federation, 
Chico flew to Washington, D.C. to try to get help from the Inter-American Development Bank, the World Bank, and U.S. Congress to support the creation of the extractive reserves and to ask the directors of the Inter-American Development Bank to ask them to stop funding a highway that was being cut through the rainforest or that would have cut through the rainforest, I mean. Did, Did they not do it? They didn't. His lobbying <gasps> proved to be successful. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I, that is amazing because usually it's ignored. It, it really is. And yeah, the bank later came to partly fund the extractive reserves that were later established in the Amazon. Oh, so Chico engaged in this environmental and workers' rights um, work, being fully aware that environmental activists were being targeted and punished by people and companies that wanted to profit um, from deforestation. He knew the risk. Yeah. For about a decade at that point, about a thousand activists, including indigenous people, indigenous laborers, politicians, and priests who opposed the development of the Amazon had been beaten or killed in Brazil. Wow. So by the mid-80s, well, I'm sorry, since the 70s, there had been a thousand activists that were beaten or killed that's a lot yeah unfortunately chico never lived to see an extractive reserve he was shot a week after his 44th birthday so young he was young yeah he was shot on december 22nd 1988 in his own backyard when he was on his way to take a shower yeah so like the showers were not in the house and he was shot by a cattle rancher and his son they were Darley Alves da Silva and Darcy Alves Be- Pereira. Wow. They were angry at Chico for his activism because they were cattle ranchers, right? So the, it was infringing on their supposed whatever they were trying to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were angry at Chico for his activism. Um, the father and son pair were convicted of Chico's murder and were sentenced to 10 years in jail. Although some accounts said 19 years, um, hmm. but in 1993, they escaped from the Rio Brancho prison during oh a riot, um, but they were eventually recaptured. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Chico had been receiving death threats for years before his murder, and it was so bad that the year he was killed in 1988, he uh, predicted he wouldn't live until Christmas, and he didn't. He was shot on December 22nd. Oh, my God. December 22nd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was Three, like a week wow. after his birthday. Yeah. Wow. It's truly sad. Um, like, Harry was just trying to make the world a better place. Truly. Yeah. So that year, in 1988, Chico was the 90th rural activist murdered in Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Chico's murder caused widespread outrage in Brazil and worldwide, By 1990, Brazil had established, and because of the outrage of um, Chico's murder, it led Brazil to establish the reserves. Okay. And also, this was partly the reason that the bank did fund it and also stopped building the highway because he had only gone to lobby the year before. Okay. Um, So his murder is what caused them to be like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So by 1990, Brazil had established the first extractive reserve. It was called Alto Jurua, and it was in the province of, I'm sure it's not pronounced this, but in English, it's Acre. (laughs) Acre. I don't know how they pronounce things. 
And this was in the western part of the Amazon rainforest. And then the Chico Mendez Extractive Reserve was set up soon after that. Oh, names after him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the time frame of the articles I was reading because I was looking for the year and I couldn't find it. But um, it said that there are about now there are about 50 extractive reserves. Wow. Um, That's a lot. Covering over 12 million hectares. Ideally, the extractive reserves benefit the rainforest and the local indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not always the case. There are still some issues with the reserves. Um, for example, in one reserve, uh, restrictions on logging increase the importance of non-timber forest products for cash incomes. And this was something that um, Chico himself talked about, right? When he talked okay. about harvesting fruit and oil, right? But not all families were able to gain access to those non-timber forest products oh. or access to harvest them. And this led to an increased income gap developing between families oh. um, that did have the ab- ability to extract those uh, products. And of course, you know, the people that came out benefiting or not benefiting were indigenous, <laughs> yeah, lower oh. income. But regardless, the extractive reserves that Chico helped create are an important step towards protecting and preserving rainforests and allowing the people that reside in the forest to live, to continue their way of lives. Um, so to end this episode, I want to quote Chico Mendez, who said, at first I thought I was fighting to save rubber trees. Then I thought I was fighting to save the Amazon rainforest. Now I realize I'm fighting for humanity. Amazing. Oh, and they, um, Brazil made him, what was it called? Like some kind of like patron stain over like the rainforest, something like that. I forgot what it was called, what they called it, but something like that. Yeah. So yeah, that was Chico Mendes and his story that Mana wrote about (laughs) and sang about. I mean, I yeah, I never like I always skip the song, so (laughs) I never heard it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's not one of my favorite Uh, Mana songs, so I also skip it. But I like how they write about important these things. Yeah, they also have another song about. Damn, I looked up who it was about, but I forgot already. But um, it's about like people that were disappeared. Um, oh, yeah. Um, what's the song called? Uh, I don't remember. Hold on. Is it really called Desaparic- Desapariciones? Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, my God. It's about Los Desaparecidos of Argentina. No way. Oh my god, I wish I would have known that when I talked about it. Yes. But you know what? We can still do a topic about it because um I very briefly it was more about Asusena than um, that yeah. episode. But yeah. Um yeah, I love how Mana makes these songs about these important topics and mm-hmm. it leads people like me who didn't realize what these songs were about <laughs> to yeah. learn about um these revolutionary people that we otherwise other people knew about but we didn't so. yeah and i wonder how many people hear the song and know the song but don't know who chico mendez was <laughs> like us. like me <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no i didn't even hear the song i would just skip it so i've i've let it play like a couple of times and then yeah they sing it at their concert but yeah i mean like i said it's not one of my favorite uh yeah i guess this brings us to the end of the episode i don't have a, a pukele update i didn't write it no, and you know what? We don't have to do it all the time. Like, we get tired yeah. of hearing about his ass. And I know it's a privilege to be like, fuck that shit. I don't want to read about it now. But sometimes we just need a break. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. Nothing else to add on your end? No, no. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. 
As always, if you have enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and a nice little review. Um, That would be great. Um, And recommend us to a history-loving friend. Oh, he's grabbing the mic. Samidi, bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.